Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. Today we're going to be talking about our home city of Auckland, New Zealand. It's a very nice city, so we're excited to be talking about it. Known as the city of sales, Auckland's actually New Zealand's largest city. But it isn't the capital. That's right. It is surrounded by sea and it's studded with volcanic mountains. It's quite a nice place to live. Well, we like it, not that we've been there much recently. (laughs) But it actually came fourth equal in the 2009 Worldwide Quality of Living Survey, which is pretty good. And it's consistently ranked high in that survey as well. Mm, That's not bad for a city of about one million people. No, it's very good. So um, today's episode is sponsored by Hostelbookers. Hostelbookers is a budget accommodation website that's run by travellers and for travellers. It's the only independent hostel booking site that doesn't charge a booking fee. They offer cheap prices and value for money that we, as full-time travellers ourselves, think that backpackers and budget travellers really deserve. Yeah, with hostels, guest houses, cheap hotels and apartments in over 2,500 destinations worldwide, which is quite a lot really, you can check out each property before you book online and pictures and videos of hostel rooms and amenities. Nice. I think so. We use it, so... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) feel free. Auckland's a very spread out city, so let's talk a little bit about layout. I mean, the land area of Auckland is about that of Los Angeles. It's huge. It's situated on an isthmus between two oceans. And in fact, in one part of, of Auckland, there's only 100 metres between the two seas. That's pretty cool, eh? Between really the cool. Pacific Ocean and the Tasman Sea. That's right. Yeah, mad. So they're just um, redeveloping the political structure of Auckland at the moment, but the main part of the city's traditionally had four cities. Uh, Auckland City, which is the central business district i guess to the west of that's waitakere city uh to the north is the north shore and to the south is manukau city that's kind of the core of of auckland that's right they're thinking about combining all these cities and actually there are three others into one big super city but even if they do that those will be the distinctions that will still be sticking around Mm. so the central business district or cbd is centered around queen street and that runs from the harbour up to Happy Road, which is commonly known as K Road. Yeah, Key Street runs along the waterfront and Viaduct Harbour is at its western end and Bridimit Transport Centre is a little to the east of Queen Street. Mm, now that's a really useful place to be with trains and buses all departing and arriving there into the central city. That's right. At the top of Queen Street, following K Road to the east will take you to the Auckland Domain and westwards is Trendy Ponsonby. Ponsonby has some very good coffee. Yes, and some of our favourite restaurants as well. Yeah, all good. So, quick fact box, Auckland, New Zealand is located in the North Island. Population is about 1.3 million people. Uh, Everyone speaks English, although Maori and New Zealand Sign Language are also official languages. Yeah, which I think is really cool. It's known for the Sky Tower, hosting the America's Cup, and the cool scenery. In summer, temperatures range from about 14 to 24 degrees Celsius, Winter's cooler with average temperatures between 7 and 15. There is a lot of rainfall. The main airport is Auckland International Airport, which is about 20k south of the city. And that's actually the main airport for New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, if you're flying in, you'll probably fly into Auckland or maybe Christchurch. They're the, pretty much the only major international airports in New Zealand. Price of a pint is between 6 and 10 New Zealand dollars. Price of a dorm bed, 20 to 25 bucks. Public transport tickets varies, but one stage on a bus will cost you New Zealand $1.60. So at 
current exchange rates, um, five American dollars is about 10 New Zealand dollars. And I think about £3.50 is 10 New Zealand dollars. Yeah, all good. Auckland's got a full range of places to stay. I mean, it is the largest city in the country, and New Zealand is certainly a developed country. So you've got high-end options, including the Hilton, um, down on the waterfront, Stanford Plaza, and the Sky City Grand Hotel, which is at the base of the Sky Tower, one of the largest buildings in the world. For budget hotels, there's Hotel Formula One, or whatif.com is a good place to stop at. Yeah, whatif.com, spelt W-O-T-I-F.com, is kind of like last minute, but it's really centred for um, New Zealand, Australia, and some parts of Southeast Asia. So if you're used to going to lastminute.com or maybe expedia.com, whatif is a good option. Uh, of course, there's a wide range of hostels to choose from, most of which have both dorm beds and private rooms available. But be aware that you might be charged extra for linen, as many hostels expect you to bring your own sleeping bag. Mm, that has been changing, but yeah. um, we're still seeing it around as we travel around. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, since we're talking about accommodation, it seems a good time to, to bring up our sponsor once again, which is hostelbookers.com. And uh, they had this to say. Although this cosmopolitan city has some cheek hotels, there's loads of well-priced accommodation in Auckland. You can search and book online before you travel at hostelbookers.com and choose from a wide range of budget options, from the lively backpacker hostels with cheap bars and lively dorms to restored Victorian villas on the waterfront. Prices start at just €8.10 per person per night for shared rooms and €8.55 for a private room with hostelbookers. Cool. So thanks to Hostelbookers for sponsoring the Indie Travel Podcast. And we would recommend you book with them because they're a great place to look for hostels. Food. Food. Well, <sighs> my favorite part of all of these shows. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's been so great coming back and going back to our favorite restaurants in Auckland. Since we've been away, we've missed quite a lot of those things. Mm, indeed. So Auckland's got brilliant food on offer, and because of its location at the bottom of the Pacific, there's lots of lovely Pacific fusion and Southeast Asian fusion foods. Um, traditional takeaway options would be sushi, kebabs, um, nice big slices of pizza, and then um, Chinese, Korean are all there. We've also got wonderful Thai food, Vietnamese food. Yeah, you can go out for dinner and eat whatever you like, and you can get almost everything takeaway as well. Mm. The best takeaways, though, is fish and chips. We had that for lunch, actually, today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's perfect. It's cheap. It's cheerful. You can't do it all the time because, you know, it's not that good for your health. But it's traditional. So drop into a fish and chip shop, get some fish and chips, and go eat it on the beach. Yeah, today we did that, and for three people it cost 15 New Zealand dollars. And that so was with a large drink of LMP too, yeah. which you should also try. It's our uh, local soft drink. Another thing to do is make sure you drop into a dairy. Now, dairy's like a, a quickie a mart, store, a yeah. corner store, a convenience store, um, or a bakery, and try a hot meat pie. Yes. Now, my favorite is steak and cheese, but you can get mince, steak, chicken... Oh, roast lamb is a good one. Roast lamb pie, mint yeah. sauce. But yum. first, just try a steak pie. I think that's probably the, you know, the most traditional pie. Yeah. Get some tomato sauce to go with it, and yeah, it should set you back about what three dollars. It's not very expensive. No, you know, apparently New Zealand is the only place in the world you can buy tomato sauce in a tin can. Yes, I did know that. Which I that's found a bit how weird. much tomato sauce we eat. If anyone else has seen tomato sauce in their supermarkets in a tin can. Um, let us know, because yeah. that was a weird bit of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, meat in New Zealand is brilliant. It's second to none. I mean, we've got so much land. We're a country that's bigger than England, a little bit smaller than Italy, and we've got four million people. So most of the meat grown here, exported from New Zealand and sold in New Zealand, is mainly free range. Uh, we've been driving around the countryside a lot, and you've got, you know, a field a couple of kilometers long, and it's got a hundred sheep in it. Yeah, it's, the sheep and the cows have a great life before they end up on your plate, so don't <laughs> don't feel bad about it. We have talked to people who feel bad about being meat eaters because they feel like the animals don't get a good life before they're taken to the abattoir. New Zealand animals do. Cows look happy. The sheep, they're constantly <laughs> grinning. <laughs> Unfortunately, on the bad side, New Zealand's public transport isn't very good at all. Which is mostly to do with of, population yeah, density. Yeah, because of the low amount of people we've got and how spread out everything is. So walking around Auckland is a great way to get around the CBD. If you're staying locally, you can go into Parnell or Ponsonby, into the Rose Gardens or into the Domain, walk down the waterfront, the viaduct, the main shopping streets... That's all walkable, um, although there are some serious uphills involved. Yes, Auckland is a very hilly city because it's built on a volcanic field. Don't worry, they won't erupt, but uh, you will see. Uh, um. <laughs> they won't, they won't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, experts uh, disagree on how many volcanoes there are actually in Auckland. Yeah. It's, it's in a, the hundreds. Yeah, it, it's probably 80 to 150, most, of the, most of the things I've read. But they haven't exploded for a while, so, you know. Yeah. Although Rangitoto, which is a, like an Auckland landmark, it only erupted from the sea about 800 years ago, so that's not really that long ago. So, back to transport. Remember we were talking about that? Oh yes, transport. Well, probably the best way to use the public transport is to use the bus network. It covers quite a lot of Auckland, but the buses aren't that frequent or usually on time. But make sure you arrive on time just in case it arrives early. You know, it's that kind of network. You buy tickets from the driver if you're getting just a single ticket or um, a daily pass. But if you want a monthly pass or something like that, pick one up from the Britomart Transport Centre, which is in the centre of Auckland. Yeah, one thing to remember is those different cities of Auckland have different bus networks. So if you get a, um, a daily bus card in Manukau, it's not going to work in the North Shore. Yeah, there's different bus networks. But um, if you ask at the Transport Centre, they'll explain that to you. Probably better than we ever will. And anyway, most of what you want to see will be in Auckland City. In Auckland, there's also a train network that's getting better and better, but it doesn't cover too much of the uh, of the city yet. And you can just buy your train, train ticket at the train station. That's right. Now, taxis in Auckland are perfectly safe. They're all metered, and you can either hail one or get um, your hotel or whoever you're staying with to organise that for you. Now, when you arrive in Auckland, you'll probably arrive at the Auckland International Airport. Getting away from there is quite an expensive enterprise unless you get someone to pick you up. Or if your hotel has a shuttle, great idea. The Airbus is probably your best bet, though. To the city, it's $15 one way or 22 return. Yeah, if there's more than, um, if there's three or more of you, then a taxi is often cheaper than those prices. But if there's one or two of you, then the Airbus will probably be the cheapest option, depending on where you're going. Yeah, that'll take you just to the city. All right, let's get on to attractions. Free attractions in Auckland. Well, Auckland is a great city to wander around if it's not raining. Um, (laughs) Which, unfortunately, it often is. Although the rain in Auckland isn't like a steady 
terrible thing. It comes and goes. Hmm. Well, there's three areas that are within kind of 20 minutes of the city centre that I'd recommend getting to. Um, they'd be Ponsonby, Kingsland, and the Viaduct area. Yeah, they're all a good place for a coffee, and you can find little shops and things like that as well. So Ponsonby's got um, lots of nice little boutique restaurants, um, some lovely Thai food there, and kind of Pacific fusion food. Kingsland's a really good place for coffee. We Two of our favourite cafes, Roasted Addiction and Atomic Coffee, are there. So you should definitely drop into both of those and try coffee. Yeah, Kingsland's kind of a a student and arty area, so it's a lot more edgy than kind of the CBD or certainly more edgy than Ponsonby. And the Viaduct's kind of upmarket restaurants. It's really nice for a stroll around to see some of the infrastructure that went in for the America's Cup. Yeah, and it's also the heart of Auckland's nighttime clubbing scene. Well, yeah, that's right. for the central city at least. Yeah. You should definitely go out to Mission Bay. Now, you'll need to catch a bus to get to Mission Bay, otherwise it could be about a three-hour walk and um, it's a really good place for a coffee or you can go rollerblading there's also a um, a kayak hire place that you can go just around the corner heaps Mm. of cool things to do it's a beautiful little inner city beach i mean you've got a nice long golden beach front with um quite still water so it's perfectly safe for both adults and kids to swim they've got a nice big grass park which leads to the road and the um the road has lots of good little cafes and a small cinema A really nice place to be in a summer day. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time there. Now, if you're getting further away and you are looking to get, you know, get out, get to the beaches, see some of New Zealand's beautiful bushland and mountain area, then you want to be heading west out to beaches like Murawai or Piha and into the Waitakere Ranges Park. Yeah, the Waitakere Ranges is a great place to do day walks. Drop into the visitor centre and get a map, and there'll be heaps of places you can go just for like an hour or two hours walk into the bush. Yeah, and if you're feeling like something more strenuous, you can do um, overnight or multi-day hikes through that area. That's right. Now, there are heaps of parks around Auckland in the city and around, so they're a really good place for a picnic or something like that. And quite a lot of the um, the mountains, like Mount Eden, One Tree Hill, they're reserves, so you can walk up to the top of them and there's no there are no houses on them. Yeah, Auckland's probably one of the greenest cities in the world and certainly the greenest major city in the world. So you can always find a quiet spot away from the roads. Something else that's cool to do is head south to the Otara Flea Markets, which are on on the weekend. Um, It's really cool because South Auckland has a really vibrant Pacific Island community and the Otara Markets really reflect that. There's heaps of fresh fruit and vegetables and knickknacks and also Polynesian craft and food as well. Mm, and some really funky t-shirts. That's why I always like going there. Yeah, and EAs. You should definitely buy a Polynesian skirt if you're a guy. They look so hot. New Zealand's really well known for its wine, and there are three wine regions within a couple of hours' drive of Auckland. Um, there's Matakana to the north, and Kumu to the northwest, and Waiheke Island. Now, Waiheke Island's probably the easiest of the wine regions to get to if you're staying in the inner city. Uh, you just head down to the viaduct and jump on a 45-minute ferry out to the island. Not free, though. It's actually quite an expensive ferry. So if you are planning on going there, it might be worth going for a couple of days. Yeah. Now, most wineries, however, won't charge you for tasting, although that's a growing trend. However, please do buy something and keep tasting free for the rest of us. Yeah, if there's a large group, you don't need to buy heaps. That is just polite to buy something. All right, seasonal attractions. Well, in summer... 
Auckland is absolutely buzzing with free events. It's a really good time to go. Most of the events are held in the parks, which are all over the city. Yeah, so you've got theatre in the parks, uh, outdoor cinema in the parks, and lots and lots of free music concerts. It's so great. The music and parks tend to be held in the smaller reserves, but there are big events which are held in the Auckland Domain, which is an enormous park, really not far from the centre of the city. There's Christmas in the park and Symphony Under the Stars and two or three others throughout the summer. Yeah, one thing that I always look out for is uh, Summer Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Now, Auckland University always runs a student-directed Summer Shakespeare. Um, That's on the university grounds, which are in the CBD. Normally about 25 bucks per person. And um, even better, there's often free outdoor Shakespeare, which isn't run by the university. And uh, you just need to kind of find out where it's being held each year. Yeah, it used to be held in the Rose Gardens in Parnell, and that was really lovely. Yeah, around Chinese New Year time, which is uh, often around February-ish, <laughs> give or take, um, there's a, a big lantern festival which is held um, in Albert Park, which is basically halfway between the university campus and Queen Street. Yeah, it's the park we hung out in at university. Yeah. And it's, it's quite a nice big park, and the whole park just gets filled up with these big, big lanterns, which are like parade floats. And there's heaps of Chinese food to be had. It's just really nice. It is. Um, Let's rush through some of the other stuff before we completely run out of time. Uh, There's a Pacifica Festival in March, comedy festivals in May. There's a film festival in July. And there's lots and lots and lots of world-class sporting events. Yeah, like the Rugby World Cup, which is coming up in 2011. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a lot of our listeners coming over for that, and we're planning on circumnavigating the globe and getting getting back to New Zealand for that. And hopefully the America's Cup yacht race will be back again soon. We've had yeah. it twice, and we plan to have it a lot more in the yeah, future. Get it, back get it back off the from... Swiss. Yeah. <laughs> the Swiss would give our, um, you know... Our, our yachtsmen our back. Our <laughs> yachting crews back. Yeah, we'll, we'll take the America's Cup back. Um, so yeah, lots of good stuff and some of the more, I don't know, unusually Commonwealth sports like rugby, cricket and netball are, um, what New Zealand excels in. All right. Attractions that you have to pay for. Well, Auckland has all the regular offerings. There's a good museum, which is in the domain. There's a good art gallery, which is near the domain. There's an aquarium, which is called Cali Tarleton's and is on the waterfront and an amusement park called Rainbow's End, which is in South Auckland. But I guess the real attraction is not in these kind of things, but in its natural beauty. It's in the parks, it's in the wildflowers, it's, you know, it's outside, it's at the beach. I think so. So I think you should spend your sightseeing money on seeing the actual sites. Yeah, so getting out to Waitakere City, which we talked about Mm -hmm. before in the Waitakere Park, um, getting out to Waiheke Island or yep. to... Um, Great Barrier Island. Great Barrier Island's awesome. That's about four hours by ship, so fly over if you've got the money. Or but a sister who's a pilot. Um, um, Rangitoto Island. Now, that's a symbol of Auckland, as we mentioned earlier, and it's $25 per person return, so it's a perfect day trip. And um, you can hike to the top of its volcanic peak. It's really cool, but it's really hot because the whole all of the ground is volcanic rock which reflects the heat quite a lot but it's nice for a hike now i should mention that all of these places are tourist destinations but they're not tourist destinations like you're probably imagining them there are no places to buy batteries at 20 dollars a battery there aren't places to buy water or food you need to kind of prepare in advance and bring whatever you need with you 
don't expect the overblown kind of American style tourist machine to be at work in New Zealand. That's true. It's always worth having a backpack with a bottle of water and some snacks in just in case, because although the zoo and the museum and things like that will have refreshment stands, it won't be everywhere like you might expect. Another thing to think about is going to the zoo, which is a really good example of a zoo, zoo. (laughs) and uh, MOTAT if um, you're after an educational trip, which is a museum of transport and technology. There's quite a few hands-on events, and it's right beside a speedway, so if you're into that, you can just, you know, segue into that for the evening. Yeah, it's not far from the zoo either, so if you've got kids, that could be a good day, the zoo and then MOTAT. MOTAT was my absolute favourite thing to do when I was a kid. I loved the tactile dome. Mm -hmm. It was great. Awesome. Um, the Sky Tower is the giant thing that looks like a heroin needle in Auckland skyline. Or a spark plug. And um, it is good to go up. You can jump on a super fast lift for 25 bucks, go up to an observation deck, and get a lovely 360-degree view of the harbour. You can see the North Shore and way down out to Manukau. If you don't want to pay $25, you can go up to one of the restaurants at the top, and um, you don't have to pay the entry fee, but you do have to pay for your meal. Yes. So it'll probably work out extra, but you get to have a great meal because it's a really, really nice restaurant up there. And if you want, you can even jump off. I don't want, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's not your normal free-fall bungee jump. What they do is they suspend you on two cables which run down the side of the building, and that's to stop wind kind of smacking you <laughs> into the side of it. Um, so you still get the free-fall sensation, but you're guided all the way down. That's $195, or you can jump off Auckland's Harbour Bridge, once again with AJ Hackett Bungie, and that's $120. Yeah, or you could do the Harbour Bridge climb, which is also with AJ Hackett, which costs the same amount. But you do have to wear a rather unattractive jumpsuit, so that might put some people off. But you don't have to jump off anything <laughs> to get true. the views. This is true. How about guidebooks? What are you recommending? Well, Lonely Planet's Auckland Guide is really compact and quite nice, actually. But I think the wallpaper guides are so beautiful. Yeah, that's your new new trick, is it? I just think they're gorgeous. I I mean, I haven't used one as a guide yet. I'm going to have to buy one and and take it around a city. But they are really attractive with lots of nice big pictures and information. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Rough Guides, as always, is not dissimilar to Lonely Planet. has lots of comprehensive information. And um, they've all got New Zealand guides, North Island guides, Australian New Zealand guides. So depending on how big your trip is, you can choose a guidebook that's right for you. And of course, Offbeat Guides will create a personalised guide for you using information that's sourced online. Yep, so if you don't want to do the the spade work yourself of digging around the web, you can um, pay them to do it for you. So, we're in Auckland. Where to next? Well... I would say you've probably flown into Auckland, so then I definitely wouldn't be leaving straight away again. No, that would be silly because you haven't seen much of New Zealand and New Zealand is amazing. So I would hire or buy a car and I would head up north for a few days. I'd go up towards Bay of Islands, Cape Reinga and then loop back down to Auckland after that, I'd head out to maybe down the east coast, so I'd go to the Coromandel, then down to Tauranga, where we are now. Um, maybe drop inland to Taupo or Rotorua. Oh, yeah. Then head out to the Hawke's Bay, um, wine regions out there, Gisborne, Napier, Hastings. Um, get down to Wellington, and then cross over the ferry and onto the South Island, which is 
another month or two of travel. You really need a lot of time if you're coming to New Zealand. You can do one week in the North Island, one week in the South Island, but you're selling yourself short. Try to allow at least six weeks if you can. Mm. If you were leaving from Auckland International Airport, um, you could head up to Australia's southeast coast pretty easily, um, kind of three to four hours for most flights to Sydney, Brisbane or Melbourne, or about the same distance up to Tonga, Fiji, and many other Pacific Islands have at least weekly flights from Auckland International. One thing to be aware of is New Zealand is not close to anything. The shortest overseas flight is about three and a half hours. That's over to Sydney or Melbourne. So just be aware that the flights you're taking are going to be a bit longer than you might expect. That's right. Well, before we close off, I'd like to thank our sponsors again, HostelBookers.com. They don't have any booking fees and they don't have any hidden costs, which I really like. Yeah. They offer the lowest price guarantee for booking budget accommodation. Recent independent research has shown that booking with hostel bookers can save you around 10 US dollars in some of the most popular destinations around the world. That isn't bad at all when you're paying uh, hostel prices rather than hotel prices. Well, to celebrate, hostel bookers is running a great competition. They've got around 50 prizes, and the top prize is a round-the-world ticket for two people. Which we plan to win, so you probably shouldn't enter that competition. Yeah, I just leave it alone. Yeah, just don't bother. Yeah, because you don't want to travel around the world for free anyway, do you? No, I'm sure they don't. That's right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up the Auckland Guide. Yeah, if you'd like to um, get more links and see the show notes for this episode, please visit IndieTravelPodcast.com. And until next week, travel well.